What's up, y'all? We doing all right? Yeah? Hey, today, this is what I'm, uh, I'm calling today. This is uh, the youth pastor tries to talk about relationships Sunday. <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know why I just thought it's, it's kind of like when dad leaves and, you know, you take the, the nice car out for a joyride. That's what we're about to do. <laughs> Hi, dad. I hope he's not watching. Hey, when I was, uh, when I was in high school, every year for spring break, we would go on, it was like a, it was like a summer camp, but over spring break. And we would do, we were part of this, this ministry where it was like a bunch of schools, area schools involved. So we would take tons of high school students on these really old buses down to Destin, Florida, like an 18 hour trip on a very old bus, bus broke down every single year. Sucked. So the 18 hour trip turned into like a 24 hour trip. But anyway, my, my junior year in particular, we, we get there and, you know, we unload our stuff. We get, we get to our room and uh, we unpack everything, get our swimsuits on because we're going to go to the beach. And now just a side note, every day, us like six guys and our leader, we would do 200 air curls just to, you know, get some blood flow and maybe make the arms look a little bit bigger for the ladies. Just a tip. Um, no, it's embarrassing because uh, we actually did that. Um, but we headed out to the beach and within, I don't know, five minutes of being there, I saw the girl, <laughs> the girl. Some of you are going to get this. Like, I saw this girl and something in my chemistry shifted. I was like, Lord, you, your creations are perfect. This is the woman I want to marry. I, have, I don't even know her name. I haven't even talked to her yet. She's the one. And so I, I look at my friends. This is a true story. And I go, guys, I'm not playing around when I say this. I have to be dating that girl by the end of this week. We got five or six days. Let's make it happen. So for real, we went back up to our condo, and uh, my leader, he got out a, a pen and a piece of paper, and we like stepped out how I was going to go about getting this girl as, as my girlfriend throughout this week. It's like, number one, introduce yourself, okay? Easy enough. Number two, invite her to play beach volleyball with you. Number three, you know, maybe you hang out a little. Number four, I remember, it was funny, I remember this one very specifically, because we were going to... I was going to ask her to go on a walk during sunset, and at the end of this walk, I was going to give her a hug, and I was going to say, seriously, I remember, word for word, I was going to say, what are the odds that we can continue this when we get back home? <laughs> she, she said, yes, this is our very first photo together, and we've been together ever since. Look at these earrings. I don't know if you can see that. This is bad. It's like bad, bad. I almost didn't put it up. But everybody's like, that doesn't look like you. Yeah, I gained some weight, all right? Cool. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, we've been together for about 14 years now. Married for se almost going on seven. Man, I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> going on seven years this next month. Just had our first child. So... I've been through a little bit, at least, when it comes to relationships, um, but as a, as a pastor, so I'm a pastor, and on the side, I also do like wedding videography. Hit me up if you need it. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I, I'm involved in relationships constantly. 
constantly, especially on the pastor side. Like this probably is the, the number one area that I, that I get to deal with when it comes to people is relationships. And the interesting thing about relationships is it's kind of unlike almost anything else in life where on one hand, relationships can be like the source of the most happiest, most happiest. I don't know if that makes sense, but the happiest moments and memories of your life, like so much joy, so much passion, so much, you know, butterflies and and all that stuff, like so much happiness. But at the very same time, relationships can also be so full of hurt and pain and regret to to the greatest degrees. Sometimes it flops back and forth depending on the relationship. Sometimes you're in a season over here, you know, and so I get to see this a lot as a pastor, and in fact, this last Thursday, Thursday afternoon, it was about a three-hour span of time where first I met, I actually met with, with a person whose, whose wedding I was going to shoot for them yesterday, um, and so I got to be a part of that. You know, weddings are fun and all that stuff, uh, and then I, I, I got to meet with, there's a couple actually in our church um, that they've been together for eight years. They've been living together. Perry calls it shacking up. And I'm not kidding, they heard something Perry said in the relationship series and were like, screw it, we're gonna get married. So I'm doing their wedding next Sunday. I thought that was really awesome, actually. (laughs) I know, pretty cool. And then I get a call from a friend. And this is a person I'm very close with. Um, I played a big role in, in this person coming to Christ when they were in college, um, back at my other church in Indiana, um, was a, a big part of like them coming to know Jesus, all this stuff, mentor, that sort of role. And he calls me and he tells me in just a fit of rage, fit of rage. And he tells me, Cole, I hate my wife. I hate her. Like, and this isn't like some passive, I hate her. And it was just interesting to me because these three things happened in a span of like two or three hours. And I was just thinking about that. Honestly, I was kind of like thinking and praying about it like, because I had already had this message planned for today and I sat down and it was just one of those moments like where I'm like, what's going on here? And I just started to like journal stuff on my iPad. I just started to type some stuff out on my iPad. Like, what are, what are the issues people are facing today? What are some of the problems we have when it comes to relationships? How can I help people? What could I say to people to maybe help? Like, these are the questions that were kind of running through my mind. And so I, my whole message is different now. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. That's cool. Um, and I, basically what I want today to be is, I'm going to share with you these five things that I journaled last Thursday night. I just sat down and asked God, what's going on? And this is what came out of it. Now, I want to give you a kind of a, a heads up. <laughs> some of these, I, like some of these, I, I, I was a little bit nervous to talk about because um, they might be a little bit harsh, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it because I really, having just talk to people and really just kind of down in my spirit, I I just feel like God wants me to talk about some of these things today. And I just want to tell you guys, I love you and I care about your relationships. So if something I say today feels harsh, 
don't throw stones at me, okay? Are you ready? Here we go, number one. Men, we're gonna start with you. Men, be men. Last service, some, some woman next to her husband goes, amen. <laughs> Thanks, ma'am, okay. Men, I, I do, I think, and I'm gonna lump myself in here. I, this is not me talking at you, this is us having a conversation here. I think we live in a world today where men are struggling to be men. I think we're living, there's a few men in a world of boys. I, I think there's a, a lot of issues. I think fatherlessness is one of our, our huge issues today. I think uh, men choosing the pursuit of pleasure over purpose is, is another really, really big one. Um, but I kind of want to... I want to talk to you guys, and I want to kind of wrap it up into this statement. I heard this on TikTok, actually, recently, and I was like, ooh, that's good. I'm, I'm using that. So I, I think a great man, especially a great man in a relationship, is a savage and a servant. A savage and a servant. Now, this first one's going to be fun. I want to talk about these kind of individually. Men, great men in relationships, in a marriage, whatever, dating, whatever, are, are savages, and what I mean by that is you, fellas, we, we are the protectors of our family. If, if harm is to, is to come at your family, you are the one that steps in and says, no, this is, you stop here. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Is you, you are the one that's immediately on the front line. If some danger is to come to your wife, your kids, your girlfriend, you are, I think, honestly created to, to be the, the protector of your family, okay? I am the protector of my family. There, <laughs> I don't know how much to say here. I, there are multiple measures taken in our home to make sure that if you come in trying to harm my wife or my child, you will not make it very far. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I don't say that to like sound cool or to sound tough or anything. I just, I truly believe that as a man, that is part of my purpose, okay? And you know, in the South especially, guys are, it's easy for us to be like, yeah, you know, I got 14 guns and I'll break your leg, you know, that sort of thing. Like, and, and what's funny is I feel like everybody, every guy I've ever met has never lost a fight. <laughs> How have we gone all these years and not one dude has ever lost? I don't know, it's just hilarious to me. But it's easy to talk like that, but here's where, here's where I wanna go with this. Guys, I think we are supposed to be the savages spiritually in our relationships and families as well. I think we are the protectors of our, our wife, our girlfriend, our kids, whatever. I think we are the protectors of, of them spiritually in our relationships. And we are supposed to be that. What does this look like? Knowing your Bible, it looks like when there's an issue, you're the first on your knees in prayer. When there's a demon to be cast, I, I'm right there. And I don't mean that in like some weird spiritual way, but you get what I'm saying. And I find it interesting that a lot of guys will, will go to the gym every single day but won't spend 10 minutes reading the Bible or, or in prayer. And I, I, it's, it's almost like, hear me out on this, it's almost like we have $100,000 bodies and two-cent spirits. 
That was pretty good. <laughs> I kind of had to take a second there. <laughs> no, and, and listen, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well. Fellas, you know this. We'll know every single player on, on our sports team, where they're at, how they're hurt, when they're, when they're graduating. You know, here are the upcoming freshmen. This is what happens on the coaching staff. And we don't know five characters from the Bible. Man, I, and, and I just think that this is a big problem when it comes to, I mean, not even just relationships, but the world, the state of our world today is that there's a lot of boys and, and few men. And I just want to challenge you, if you're here today, I, I would love for you to become whatever, whatever your relationship status is, single, dating, married. If you're single, I, prepare yourself to be a spiritual savage for your future, your future partner. Or if you're married, get there. Like, <laughs> we, we can do this and we need to do this, okay? Savages, servants as well. Ephesians 5 Verse 25 says this, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. I think we're supposed to be servants, men. Well, I know we're supposed to be servants. This is a tough, I don't know, this is a very common verse, but if you chew on this, this is a big ask. Love your wives like Jesus loved the church. How, to, to what degree are we supposed to love our wives? How, whatever Jesus did for the church, that's what we're supposed to do for them. That means we're supposed to, to serve them. That means less of me, more of her. To the point, you'd be willing to the point of death. I think a great husband, boyfriend, a great man is somebody that says, I, I will lay myself down for my spouse. No matter what. And I, I kind of said this earlier, but I think one of, one of the issues in this area is a, a lot of guys choose this pursuit of, of pleasure over purpose. And if you're here today, you're in a relationship or you want to be in a relationship, one of, one of your purposes in your relationship is to be a servant, is to serve her. And I do believe, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, I believe in mutual submission, both parties submitting to one another. But I do think, fellas, we got to go first. We go first, because we're the man. Are you with me? Are you ready for point two? I am too, here we go. It gets more intense, by the way. <laughs> Don't marry the wrong person. <laughs> why did I tell, I don't know why I journaled these. I want to be careful about this one, actually, because I, I, I know a lot of you are instantly like, oh, Lord, did I, is this the wrong person? Like, <laughs> we had a fight this morning. Like, I don't, is, does that mean she's the wrong one for me? You know, I, that's not what I'm saying. In fact, I want to put my cards on the table here. And I, I truly believe that you can marry anybody. You could. And I, I say that because true love is, is both a choice and an action. Good, solid, real love is something that I wake up in the morning and I choose to do. So <laughs> no matter how much the person you're married to or with, you think they suck, I, I, I made the commitment, so I'm gonna wake up and choose love. I'm serious, I, I know it's kind of funny, but like I really mean this. But 
what I'm seeing is, is people are, are very quickly choosing to jump into these, these marital relationships bef- before really knowing who the person is. And <laughs> I had this, uh, I had there, in my senior year of college, I had this, uh, it was a senior capstone class it was called. Um, I majored in uh, youth ministry and adolescent psychology, which... <laughs> It makes me sound smarter than I am. It basically just means I studied God, Bible, and teenagers. So that's what my degree's in. But in our senior capstone class, it was fun. There was only eight of us, real small class. And uh, one day our professor, who's, he's amazing. He's this older dude, been in ministry for a million years sort of thing. He's like, he was like a super Christian, like the good kind, not the bad kind. You know what, I'm, you know what I mean? Um, real sweet, gentle dude. And he looks at us, he goes, guys, you're all going to get married soon. And I want, before you do, I want you to, to kind of stop and think about this. Is this person that you're about to marry, are they the right one for you? Because you're about to go into ministry, which is hard. And you have to make sure that, that your partner is the right one. And this is the, this is the reason I remember what he was saying. He goes, parts are just parts and they feel good no matter who touches them. <laughs> It's like, dude, you're a hundred years old. <laughs> I remembered it. But his whole point, his whole point was like, don't get trapped into this, this, this thing that we, we go, we are like, um, like mosquitoes going after one of those zapper things. Like we, we, that'll make me happy. Boom. You know what I mean? It's like we, we run at anything that we think is going to make us, make us happy. And here's what I want to say. Happiness is not found in just another person. It, happiness is an inside job. That happens in here. That's between you and God. And I think women, especially women, let me get on you, okay? Guys are like, thank God. <laughs> I think you guys struggle with this because I, I think for women, there's this deep need to feel loved and secure and, and cherished. And, and, and I think when you have that kind of that hole in your heart, we'll jump at anything, any chance we can. That We'll settle for somebody that will, over time won't provide that for us. So choose the right person. Who, let, me give you, let me leave you with this, with this point. Who's the right person? Somebody that's humble, somebody that's transparent, and somebody that's loving. Humble, transparent, and loving. Humble meaning I, I think less of me, more of you. Transparent meaning I'm going to be honest with you all the time. Nothing's hidden from you. And loving, we talked about it. Somebody that's going to wake up and make that choice to love you through thick and thin, sickness and, and health. You, I, don't, I can't memorize it all, but I said them. <laughs> I promised them. <laughs> okay? You ready for three? Whew, this is fun. I'm telling you, these get more spicy. Commit or get out. Commit or get out. Now, I'm going to say this. Well, let me just say it first. I, I, I hate this mindset of, well, marriage is just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. If marriage is a piece of paper, then freaking sign it. And I want to tell you something. This is for me. This is selfishly. Pastor P, I'm sorry. I know he said that from this stage. He took that from me. So just want to make sure. 
I took it from somebody else, it's fine. Um, if marriage is just a piece of paper, then sign it. And I'll tell you where this comes from. It's, it's, it's rooted in selfishness. It's rooted in self-pleasure. Because if I'm with somebody and I don't, I have no, 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 I don't want to marry them ever. That's me saying, I'm gonna get out of you as much as I can get out of you. I'm gonna get from you what I wanna get from you now and when you stop providing it, well then I have an out. And then I'll, then I'll go find somebody else to do the exact same thing with. I'll find somebody that provides me that thing and when they stop providing it, I can get out because I've never, sorry, I'm, I speak to men more because I am a man, but because I've never been a man. And I'll be honest with you, oh man, I think that's pretty cowardly. You know, my, my, my grandma just passed away three months ago, two months ago. And one of the, just thinking, thinking about her and my grandpa's life, they were married for 66 years. 66 years. And I, I, I just, I wish that we would go back to, that, to normalizing that. Because that's beautiful, that's honorable. And it's so crazy, this might disturb you a little bit, but my grandma, she passes away. They were so in love for 66 years. My mom was saying she'll, just, she'll never forget seeing him walk over to her in her casket and kissing her forehead, saying, bye, sweetheart, I love you. You don't get that with shacking up. <laughs> I think we should normalize that. And I do, I wanna, I wanna make this, this challenge kind of clear. If, if you are here and you've been used by somebody that's, they never wanna marry you, I would consider getting out. Amen? Thank you. Whew, number four. Two become one. The two are supposed to be one. Um, as I was preparing for this talk today, I, I kind of asked myself a question. I, I was thinking like, who in the Bible has a great marriage that we could look, you know, I'm looking for a scripture to share, you know, looking for something to teach out of. Who has a great marriage in the Bible that we can look to as an example? And I'm thinking about it, <laughs> and I'm like, there are none. <laughs> You know, it's like everybody in the Old Testament had multiple wives and they're with, have a kid with this prostitute and, you know, you have to work for 14 years to get that girl. And, like, it's a mess. It's a mess. People, it's just a mess. And in the New Testament, it's like nobody's married ever. Isn't that interesting? And so I was a little like, what the heck? So I was like, well, I, I'm going to look, let's look back on the very first marriage how it was intended to be. And I started reading some of this in Genesis 2, and, and I just want to read this to you because there's a lot that, that stuck out to me. Let's go. Genesis 2. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Amen. That's good. Thank you. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Pause. This word helper in Hebrew I believe, I don't remember the, the numbers exactly, but I know it's, it's used, this Hebrew word is used about like 13 times or so throughout the Old Testament. And what's cool is, is 
it's only used to describe women and God. And so what's cool is a lot of people will look at this and be like, hey, woman, you're supposed to be my helper. You see that? You know? And in reality, what God's saying here is, hey, man, I'm not going to just make you somebody to help you. I'm going to make you that somebody like me. That's good. I thought that was cool. Let's go. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. This is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. Taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. Couple things I wanna talk about here. The first thing that sticks out to me in this passage is that God takes the woman out of the man. Takes the woman out of the man. Okay? Now, let me just explain what I'm saying. When God created, he, everything was perfect. Everything was whole. So when he created Adam, he created Adam as a whole individual. Agreed? Nothing was imperfect. And then he looks and he says, hey, you need somebody. And so what he does is he takes, he takes the woman out of Adam and makes a woman. And what's interesting to me, what I'm, what I'm kind of noticing is like that day, God took something out of Adam that he had and gave it to another individual. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying Adam was both male and female. But I do, but I do wonder if what if God purposefully took some of these female qualities out of him and fashioned them into a female, and then he says, this explains why these two leave their parents and then get back together because then they're whole again. Are you with me? And this is why I tell people, you can laugh about this. Fellas, if you want to get in touch with your feminine side, well, one, God took that out of you. Two, get married. (laughs) And I'm not saying that, I'm not, I don't want to make this generalization that like women have to be this certain way, men have to be this certain way, but there are, there are inherent differences. And I think when we look at this story, you can see that there are, they are different on purpose so that when they're together, they become one beautiful thing. One beautiful thing. Now, what's also interesting to me about this is that both parties are equal parts of one whole, right? 50-50, you, you, you're coming into the marriage, I'm coming into the marriage, and we make 100%. And what I'm seeing sometimes is people in relationships that, you know, they're like, you know, I'm the 60% and she's the 40 or Honestly, some ladies are like, well, I'm the 80% and he's the 20. <laughs> I decide, you know what I mean? And I, I think there's a lot of beauty 
there is a lot of beauty. When we, when we understand the fact that, hey, you and I, are we both made this promise to each other. We are equal parts of this one thing. And I don't, this is not meant to sound arrogant or braggy or anything, but I, this is something Addie and I do really well. And it, it fosters trust in our relationship. A lot of trust to where if she comes to me and she says, Cole, we need to do this. I'm like, yes, I agree. I trust you. Or if I say, hey, this is where we're going. She says, okay. Or I think this, I'm going to listen. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like one person makes all the decisions and the other person just follows along. It's we both are a part of making decisions together. And I don't know why I said this last service. Sorry, I had a little burp. <laughs> It just randomly came to me last service. We, Addy and I, because we've done this, we trust each other so much that like it, 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 it profoundly blows my mind. I get this question all the time. Hey, do you let your husband look through your phone? Do you let your wife look through your phone? You wanna know what the rule is in our house? We can look through each other's phones whenever we want at any given moment. We hide nothing from each other. And you know what that causes? We never look through each other's phones. <laughs> you know, when you trust somebody so, so deeply, you, you don't have to be suspicious of something going on. And I think that's fostered because we, we have chosen, hey, you're an equal part, I'm an equal part, we're in this together, let's do it. <laughs> the two become one. Oh, this is the last thing I want to say about this. I almost forgot. Something, especially Addie's, she's kind of passionate about this. Um, and I'm gonna say this, and I agree with it, but just hear me out. A lot of times you'll have young ladies that grow up and they'll, you know, they'll hear things like, um, you know, find you a man that, that will do anything for you. They'll buy you flowers, they'll open your door, they'll treat you right, they'll do, you know what I mean? Like, and that's not wrong. Ladies do that. The problem is, Sometimes I think ladies take that a little too far into, no, you're going to do whatever I tell you. Like, you're, you're the man, and you're going you're gonna to respect me. Ladies, if women give you love, give them respect back in return. If somebody, yeah, that's good. That's, yeah. If, if they love you well, respect them well. I, I truly believe. I think women need love, and men need respect. And those two things should be mutual of each other. It shouldn't be one or the other, okay? Are you ready for point number five? Are, you ha are we doing all right? You with me still? Okay. This is the fun one. God wants to bless you. I was, uh, I was at lunch with Perry a couple weeks ago before he left to go on his trip. Uh, and we were talking about this divorce message that's coming up next week. And, as we, and it's going to be really good, by the way. You have to be here for this. And in the middle of our, our conversation, I, and I, listen, I said this last service, I want to be careful. I, I never want to say God spoke to me because so many people have abused. They've stood on stages and said, God told me to do this, 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 this. And they've, it, it's just, it can be abusive. So I want to, I'll say this. I think God might've spoken to me because I, it was like, I, it was like this thought came into my mind. Like there's a lot of people out there 
that because of their relational baggage have convinced themselves that they are outside the realm of God blessing them. And I want to tell you, that's not true. Let me read you the story quick. There's a story in Luke chapter one. It's about a guy named Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the Bible says that there, she was barren and they were very old. And so they had no children. And then an angel shows up one day to Zechariah. I want to read this to you. It says, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. Now let me explain this. This phrase, God has heard your prayer. If you, if you look at the Greek that this was originally written in and you parse it out, this could also be translated as God has heard the, the prayer you no longer pray. And I think that there are people here today, you've been through so much relationally, abuse, divorce, remarriage, divorce, remarriage, whatever, blended families, you've been through a tough court case battle, just an absolute mess of a situation. And sometimes I wonder if, if at first we, we start praying through these things like God help me get through this God help me find help me find the right spouse God help my marriage make it through God help me in this infertility and it's and and we don't get it and we don't get it and we don't get it to the point where we're not even praying for it anymore I think that there are people here today that you you've lost hope so far that, that you don't even ask God anymore. And I think what he wants to say to you is I, I'm, I am, I'm hearing the prayer that you no longer pray. And I wanna do something about it. And I just real quick, I just wanna speak to that person. You're like, man, I've been married five times. It's never worked. I, my, I have blended family from all these people. And you know, just those situations or I've been abused and I need to get out. like. I think God wants to just bless you. And I don't know how, but I think he just wants you to know that he's good and you, you are not too far gone from being able to be blessed by him. So can we do something? Can we stand up? And if you're married or dating or you have kids or honestly, just whatever, everybody, just grab a hand. What I want to do is I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you today. Grab a hand. Lord, thank you so much for this time that we spend together learning about you. God, thank you for your presence and your love and your goodness. God, right now, I just want to release tons and tons of blessing. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for a marriage to be restored. I pray for selfishness to become selflessness. I pray for pride to become humility. 
We pray just blessings for future generations, God. My, my prayer for me is that my kids, kids, kids will, will get to reap the blessing of the, of the marriage that my wife and I had. And Lord, I pray that over every single person here today. God, for the person that's been longing and praying to find a person, to find their person, God, I pray that you provide it. Lord, I pray that you would just bless my friends today. Bless their relationships. Bless their families. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Mm. So good. Let's just pray one more time. Lord, thanks so much for today. Thanks for this church. Thanks for these amazing people. Lord, we are blessed. I just want to ask a question. If you're here today and you've never decided to put your faith in Jesus, that maybe today you would do that. You'd make that decision for the very first time. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna lead us in a prayer out loud. And what's cool at Second Chance is we always say nobody prays alone. So we're all gonna pray out loud with you. So if that's you, just repeat this after me really quick. Dear Jesus, I love you. I invite you into my life to take over. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, with heads bowed, eyes closed still, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time ever, you chose to follow Jesus, will you just really quick shoot your hand up into the air? We want to pray for you and celebrate you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Any more? Lord, thank you so much for uh, people that have courage to raise their hands. God, I just pray a special blessing over them as they choose to follow you for the first time, God. I pray that you would bless them. Your favor would be upon them, God, and you would lead them forever. God, again, thank you for this church. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, did you have fun today? We'll see you next week.